Hi guys, what is up? Welcome to the episode 5 of the Creative Podcast. Today we have two guests instead of one. So we have Mech G Productions again. Say what's up. What up? How are we? And Missed you all very much. Oh, it's been a whole whole two days, whole two days. And we also have Clux. Say what's up as well. What's up guys? I'm uh, happy to be here. So um, this so Clux was mentioned in episode 3 by uh, Mick. The, um, <laughs> the lovely duo themselves are now finally on this podcast, which is great. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, I said, I think we've we've gotten to the stage because what I was going to say in the last one, which I forgot, is like, um, you said I was a photographer, but it's kind of gone to that stage now in the career where photography isn't really anything. I do it as a hobby. So, like, the relationship between me and Clux, why he's so important in what I do and everything is because I do video, he does photography, and it's always... Yeah in that relationship a little um yin and yang right there you know one does one one does the other that's great so i'm gonna ask clucks this question obviously because i've asked you this already so clucks what makes you a creative in your opinion what makes me a creative um well i think it started really really early on um just by thinking different than other people i think that makes you a creative um having a mindset to be being able to create something out of nothing um that can be either drawing or i don't know planning events or whatever you do um i think everyone has that bit of uh, creativity and it comes out in different ways like you can be really good at your job i i heard you guys talking about an accountant and not being creative and everything like that Uh, but i think even they can be creative like they have to stay in between lines like all the time but um you can still give your own give your own twist to it so if you're able to create your own thing that makes you different than others that makes you creative in my opinion all right okay um very much like that answer everyone seems to have a i I love asking this question to everyone because everyone seems to have their own little answer and it's uh it's great i like this all right so Another question for Clucks, but obviously, Michael, you can hop in if you have anything to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to ask you your overall experience in the esport industry. Like, do you like working in the esport industry? Um, you know, anything you want it to, anything you want to change in the esport industry? I can see your grin already. So, you know, go ahead. Uh, well, <laughs> I know what Mick's answer is to this one. Yep, it That's never changes. Said, but... it never changes. <laughs> <laughs> I love working in the esports industry, but that's because I um, I used to study event management. Uh, so, like creating organize, uh, organizing festivals and everything like that. And then I came to esports because I really liked gaming um, and being able to com- well combine photography and gaming is like a major thing to me because. I love both uh, both of the things, and I may not be as good at gaming um, as I am at photography, but just to be able to meet people that you met online, um, I think that's like the biggest part of, of working in the uh, esports industry for me. Yeah, and that's why I really like it because, well, um, everything is or everyone is really open to each other online. Um, of course, you've got fights here and there, but. Hmm. Yeah. When you meet people at events, like everyone is different, um, but at that event, everyone can feel the same because you can relate to each other. 
And that's what I like about esports. Like, nobody is different than anyone else. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think a good, uh, if I had to think of a gaming event that that definitely applied to, I mean, especially with you two, because you work in the Call of Duty industry mainly. But I do think CDL is amazing for that, you know. Um, it's, I think it's the atmosphere, I think, because that was my first major event as well, and I met you there. Didn't meet Mick there. He wasn't there, unfortunately. Um, yeah. pretty sure I had COVID from Minnesota. Oh, like, yes, I was just so did. sick. Yeah, that was sad. I was, I'm pretty sure you was, was you planning on going? Yeah, I was, I, was, I was meant to work uh, for two organizations, and then came back from Minnesota. There's about three weeks between Minnesota and London, and after the first week, uh, I remember someone messaged me saying, "Like, who was that Minnesota with me?" They're like, I've, "Like, this ain't land flu. This is something else." And then I just started, like, I literally couldn't move from from my bed for three weeks. I was just struggling to breathe in my bed. So I'm pretty sure uh, Minnesota gave me COVID as well as a lot of people. I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed that there was cases in Minnesota at the time. Right, they gone. But to be honest, he's lying. He just didn't want to see me. Uh, it's fine Clark. she saw me instead it's okay yeah i used you as a tripod you so. did you did not my fault a minute I, think, oh, that wasn't fair. I, I think in paris i sent clocks are about 30 messages every second on where he was like waiting oh, for him to get no. to the venue oh the ven- your venues are just so big though like it's it's easy to get lost in a venue in my opinion especially well, for the people. not in paris not it's, in paris oh is it not <laughs> no the paris venue was um well yeah, I can say this. Uh, it wasn't really good. It was a well. It wasn't like. What was it like, Mick? It was a hole, wasn't it? It was. Like, it was a cool venue, but it was just really dark. Like the really, lighting, really dark. Yeah, the lighting was really imbalanced. Um, especially the main stage was very orange. Yeah. But the the venue could have been cool. Uh, it was good for what it ne- needed to be. Yeah you know um but yeah it was it, I, I mean like i could do an hour on this alone like clucks or me have done hours of this alone the problem with the cd c setups and cdl setups is they just don't give a shit about amateurs um sure. and that's in every aspect of course there's a lot of teams competing but it's all the time all these teams crowded together and all the time you can never get any side shots Yep. Oh my God. And when you have a media pass, it doesn't do anything. You don't you know, get anything. anything except so, for being able to store your stuff in. I've got media. something to say about that afterwards as well. But yeah, go. So it's it's just that aspect. It's it's like like Paris. There was no crowd. There was no audience. There was no one spectating. And there was literally still, nothing. Like there wasn't yeah. any atmosphere that you'd get at like CDL London or whatever, yeah. like any other event mm. because. But, exclusively made for challengers so yeah. all the amateurs went there but still not, not side shots so, yeah no side shots at all if you wanted to get side shots you first of all had to piss off some of the of the people that worked there mm-hmm. uh, because you couldn't get in between the the, the tables that were uh, that they were playing at but <laughs> you also couldn't move like the uh, walking space next to the stages and everything, or stages, it's not even stages. It's like really like the old LAN atmosphere, like only tables, just straight rows of tables. Um, 
but you barely had a meter of walking room. So when I was trying to take a shot from the side, everyone tried to walk past me. And I'm a pretty big guy, as you guys both know. Like, hmm. I'm six foot four. Very tall. Yeah. You can't really get past me if I'm sitting down in the middle of a walking path. So that made it really hard to, to work there. And the lighting didn't work with us at all. No. I, I've had to throw away. And what was it? What, what, how much was it for a bottle of water? Too much. You weren't allowed to bring anything into the venue. Uh, your bags were actually getting checked every time you came in. That caused me like 20 minutes of delay five times in a row. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Oh I was God. getting checked by the same person five times in a row. Even though they knew. Yeah, I mean, I, see, I've only been to a, sing, a singular um, uh, CDL event. But I don't think when it comes to the media path and being a photographer or videographer and that, I don't think it was any better at CDL London because it was impossible to get any shots of the challenges players, as you know, Clarks. I I had we had to I had to genuinely sneak inside because I I couldn't. I'm five foot four. I, I'm miniature. And yeah, I had to literally, you. I had to literally do overhead shots to get anything. I mean, that's, really. that's the thing. Like you, you, <laughs> you probably also. I mean, like, Clux knows from, like, London, the first time uh, me and Clux met, like, like I'm literally there, like, like if people are in my way and they're, they're crowded, I literally tell them, I'm like, I, I poke them and be like, fuck off. <laughs> like, like this is where I need to be for the shot. Get the fuck away. Yeah, but if I like, do that, it's like a child. I'll do it. They'll turn around. Yeah, you just got it, though. You, you don't, like, you're, you're being paid. You have to, you yeah. know, it's your job. It's just how it is. Yeah, but Bailey, you were able to sneak in behind the players because they oh, couldn't see you because you're I that tiny. <laughs> I had to do that. I would have done me. that yeah. because I tried to do that. You're I walked out, like, with you once thumb. and they just grabbed me and they were like, haha, that's not going to happen, man. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did. I, yeah, I eventually got kicked out by the stewards eventually, but it took a while for them to notice I was there and I managed to get some nice video clips because I was, I was actually a videographer. I wasn't even a photographer there. You was the, I just, you was the photographer of the team. Yeah. And I had to somehow get gimbal shots with really, really, really tight bloody spaces. It was horrible. Yeah, I just uh, unhooked, you know, the little, like, pull thing. Yeah. Between, like, I just unhooked them, and then I go behind the players, and then when they eventually kick me out, I'm like, oh, it wasn't hooked. Like, it, 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 no, <laughs> none was stopping me from walking past. <laughs> eventually, uh, and be, like, I think it was Birmingham, the, the stewards came over, and they're like, do it one more time, you're getting shot. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, like, I'm just saying, it wasn't hooked. I, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. But you got be- oh, I, I had it at CWL London last, uh, like, two years ago, 2019 as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You, you probably remember, Mick. I was having such a rough time with the refs there. Oh the referees God. were kicking me out every time. Every single time. Do I saw Scott, Scott Cinema yeah. just walking in and walking past. He didn't even have a media pass. Um, uh, G- Gfinity admins. Yeah. I don't give a shit who listens to this. I love Gfinity because they host events, but holy shit, man, your admins are fucking useless. You're at like, like I had a media. Well, all of them. No, of course not all. I had a media pass. One. I, had, I, had <laughs> one, I had one admin tell me that I wasn't allowed to have a camera. Yep. As when I had a badge that says media, I can get the badge right here. It's media. Oh, C- me too. <laughs> CWL London. And I'm not allowed to have a camera. Oh my God. Seriously. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, cool. Let me let me just call up Dexterda. Sorry, can't do the event anymore. But the thing is, like, uh, at CDL London last year, uh, everything was different for me because I was also working with a pro organization like Paris Legion, mm -hmm. um, and that made it way easier for me to walk around, just because I had like official people walking around me. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, I had four or five other organizations in the amateur scene working with me. I ran about 50 kilometers in two days. Oh, man, yeah. The, oh, the you were everywhere. It's rough, yeah. I literally saw you for a second, and then I turned around, you gone. You were yeah. on the other end of the venue. Because I was just getting calls from Paris Legion, like, I, yeah, 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 right now. I was only working with two teams, and they somehow managed to stay like next to each other, and it was great. I mean, again, I still, to this day, can't remember the other org I was working for. It was elitist. Can't remember the other one. I don't know if you can. I, I don't know if you were working with them. Weren't you working with Obtained as well? No, I wasn't. No, I was supposed to be working with... I was supposed to be, but before... Well, we were Obtained there? Yeah. Hmm. I was oh. working with Obtained. Wait, was Dan and everything there? Yeah. No, Dan wasn't. Dan never made it to an event. Oh, I didn't know. All right. But yeah. No, I was supposed to be working uh, for the last one. Wait, what? That's where he made it to the last CDO. Not London. No? Oh. No, he didn't. Because he was supposed to meet me and everything. Uh, same for Paris, by the way. But he's always at work. Trying yeah, he works a lot. Very busy, man. Lot for everything. Because everything is coming out of his own pocket. Oh, yeah, I know. I work with them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just there I know where my finances come from. I'm just there vibing the management chat, pretending I'm important. But yeah. Um, so another question, because you know, we could be talking about the COD scene for like three hours, but this is oh, yeah. a Call of Duty podcast. Yeah, However, yeah. I think I think this question probably will end up looping back to a Call of Duty. So, and nice. um, the question is, what? So I'm gonna say the best and worst of this question. So first. What is the best experience you've ever had as an eSport photographer? Like, it could be a humble moment, it could be something you've achieved, literally anything. What is your favorite moment as a creative? Okay, uh, my favorite moment is getting the email from the eSports Awards that I was uh, possibly nominated to be in the finals of the eSports Awards globally. Yeah. Oh, I think oh, wow. that was okay. my best thing yet, and then I got really disappointed because they made you, like, send some bio and everything, and didn't get picked for the finals, even though some people didn't take photos the whole year and got oh, picked for the finals. Yeah, that's kind of a very I was controversial. That I'm, I'm not going to name anyone, but no. I, yeah, that felt really, really bad. Um, I can imagine, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm going for 2021 for the eSports Awards. I know, uh, you only need one event. Yeah, apparently. You don't even need an event to get on there. Must be real. You need to product photos or something to be on there. So. Oh, you but, just need to be famous. Uh, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yes, um, did I ask you that question, Mick, um, last podcast? I don't remember. Uh, I think I said my worst experience, which was I got scammed. My best oh, yeah. experience for me personally. Um, I don't really... Like, awards are cool. Um for me, I think the best experience I had was the G2 videographer in my DM saying that he was a fan of my work. Um, yeah. That's possibly one of the best feelings I've ever had. Because I like I got into esport videography because like my style and my approach has been because of these videographers. And 
you know, when when credit is due, like even Joe Brady, for example, like, you know, when Joe Brady acknowledges you and stuff, it's just a cool, it's just a cool feeling. Like they're just normal people, but in your eyes, they're kind of like the superheroes of the scene, you know? Um, So I think that was probably the best, the best moment in my career was film Charles saying that he was a, a big fan of my work. Oh, okay. Another one. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Um, from an event, expe- uh, like I'm Dutch, by the way. Uh, people that are listening, so my English is not always as good. Um, Come on. But just from <laughs> an event pers- uh, perspective. Okay, goddammit. Perspective. Um, fine. Basically, um, the atmosphere at CWR London uh, was something else compared to any event that I've ever been at, except for festivals and everything. But CWR. for esports events, CWR London, which is 2019, oh, the yes. Call of Duty World League, not the CDL. Not, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. That was the most amazing event ever. Uh, I was staying in a really, really bad hotel, which is also my bad, uh, like, like my worst moment. Oh, I was in a hotel and I was getting scammed here and there by legion esports or legion gaming whatever it's called uh, uh, back anyway isn't it so that's fun yeah they don't exist anymore no, but no, no. i got scammed there and i was staying in a hotel and the hotel had bad bugs and everything and it was really 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 bad don't know for the people that are listening never go to the hartley hotel in london just saying uh not worth your money you might want to go cheap don't do it just go to premier uh, inn premier inn all the way Cheap and mm. cheerful. I mean, I don't think you can. I don't think you can call yourself an esports photographer or videographer unless you've been scammed or cheated out of something at least once. Let's be real here. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, don't I don't agree with cheated out of something. I don't know about no. cheated. That's not what. That's I'm, just, no, but being scammed, I do agree with. Yeah, like, it's just a it's just a thing, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, and, and I don't think you can call yourself a photographer without your hard drive failing you once. Or you're all forgetting your SD card, but that's just me being stupid. No, I've never done that. Before. I've yeah. done that. I had to buy one on the go. <laughs> that's great. Uh, it's me. Yeah, it's, it happened. Well, it doesn't. It shouldn't happen, but it did. Um, but yeah, my worst my worst moment ever was just staying in a really, really bad hotel, getting scammed at the same time. Uh, being at my first event where I met Mick, which is also the best thing that happened. But yeah, uh, good yeah just barely having sleep. Uh, working for people, not getting paid up front, which I've definitely changed. I always ask to be paid up front or just make sure that I have a contract signed by them oh. and by me so that I can legally. Yeah, I used to, it, that used to happen to me. So bear in mind when I was doing like a Epic Land, I was 17, maybe six, even 16, I think I was. And Unfortunately, obviously, I was very new to the industry, and the organi- organizations knew that. They knew they could. Um, they knew they knew they could play me with Brown a bit. And obviously, back then, I just didn't really understand what I was doing. And the worst thing you can do is not take the money up front because I had to pay everything out of my own pocket until I got home. Yeah. And I reg- don't get me wrong. Nowadays, I would never even think about doing that, but I regret that so much. It's I- the adrenaline. I think that makes people make a lot of mistakes. It's that like, oh, I'm like finally going, I'm finally yeah. going. And then you get there and, and like you realize like, fuck, like this is actually a lot more expensive than what I was planning. Uh, oh, yeah. Food is, food is extortionate. 
I mean, with Atlas Lines, Atlas Lines want me to go to um, Minnesota. I was just like, okay, like I'll go to Minnesota, but everything has to be in my bank account. And proof of flights, proof of hotel have to be paid. Yeah. Like, but like I, or it's as simple as I'm not getting on the plane. You could pay for the plane ticket, not prove that I'm in a hotel if you're doing, like, if you're taking care of that. And I will not get on that plane. Yep. Yeah. Of course. You can't be stranded in a completely yeah, that's country. Exactly what, what I do. Um, but that also happened in Paris. <laughs> yeah. I uh, am really good at making mistakes twice. All right. <laughs> learning from it uh, because i went to paris um as you guys might know there was some kind of weird ass protest uh, protest going on there they mm -hmm. were trying to set my train station on fire so i was like stuck in the train station for three hours oh, that man. might actually be my worst experience so you've had a you've had a quite a few par bad man, paris was a bad paris experience. was really really bad uh i ended up sleeping on the floor of the elitist team Oh, but I was, guys. I was sleeping. I mean, yeah. I was able to sleep and have a roof above my head. To be fair, though, like after how much steps and work you do at these events, you don't really care where you sleep. You just you're, you just conquer out. Depends. Like, yeah, if yeah. I'm going to London, then I know I'm sleeping in the Moxie just because I like the beds there. Uh, it's always great to. I, I just take Premier. Premier, yeah. cheap and cheerful. Anytime I stay in London, whether that's pleasure or business, I'm always in a Premier Inn. Yeah, so yeah, you, can, you can go for either of them. Yeah, Premier uh, or um, what's the other one? Or what's the other budget Mox line? The Moxie. Everyone's staying in the Moxie. Yeah, the Mo Moxie's Moxie huge. Like the in first Moxie. year, every pro was staying in the Moxie, and the second year they were spread out. Um, like half of them were in the Premier Inn, and half of them were in the Moxie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're both really, really close to each other, so you, it's basically walking distance to to the venue. Oh, that's helpful. I mean, when I went to Kettering, Epic Land, I mean, it's true, you don't, you just don't care where you lay your head. Like, I was with the battalion team, and there was about, there had been six, seven of us in, like, a two-bedroom house. And we yeah. just, wherever you could, wherever you could lay down fully is where you slept. I mean, like, these, the, like, man, these guys are there to play, they don't care. Like, you know, no. the fact that they even got funding to go, these, they're, like, are all over the moon. With me now, it's more gone to the stage of like I, I kind of care, you know. I've cut like a lot. I lose out on a lot of money in damage scene because I don't take extra projects. So if I'm working for one org only, I kind of want to be treated that I'm one org only. So, you know, I do want my rest. I do want, you know, yeah. I don't like loud noises and players like to drink. You know, they they like to stay up late. They have a lot of like Addy and caffeine pills in their system. Now oh. I kind of care, but yeah, before it's it's that that thing of like when you're getting used to land offense, you're like, just get me to bed. Like let me back up all my photos, my videos, and then I'm going straight yeah. to bed. I mean, I got invited, so this was um back in Kettering. Um, this is my first ever event, and this was the night before the finals. It might have been not for the finals or after the finals, and it was like one a.m. And they were going to have a party with the opposite team. And I got invited, and I'm like, it's 1am, I need to leave at 7am to get a train back. I, no. I don't understand how people have that. I don't know how people can do that, you know. I had to leave, like, six hours later, and, I, you know, I needed to sleep. And they were partying, and I was like, you know what, you go and do you. There's no way I can go and do that. Like, Mick's the opposite of that. Yeah. Mick would have stayed, uh, stayed awake. I've done it. I can't do it. My, Same for me, by the way. 
Yeah. That's what I did with uh, London, and then we had the storm coming over last time. I, oh, <laughs> don't even. I yeah, to, that oh. was a bad, bad time because I was staying at uh, staying at the Moxie, had a great night of sleep and everything. I was catching my flight early, so yeah, but, I had to leave at like six a.m. or something. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and mean, then I, I had a three-hour delay. Mate, I was. I, I got fell asleep flight. on my suitcase. I got an early flight, went to the airport at 10 on the Sunday, Championship Sunday, because we had weather reports and I was stuck in the airport. Couldn't get out till 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. before our plane could take off. Yeah, I went to Paris by bus. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want to also mention, um, but, uh, just before we said about that, when you were talking about, um, obviously, working for a single team, you know, you, you sort of expect a bit more. And, I've noticed a lot, I don't know why, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but I remember every single, like, anything I've worked for for org, they always get asked, oh, are we the only org you're working for? And then I'm, and I always say, probably not, or I'm working with someone else. And they get really yeah. aggy about it. Really yeah, aggy. I mean. And they, like, don't want to pay anything though. after. As soon as they yeah. hear that, they're like, oh, wait, will they do half of this or pay half, or will they pay that? It gets really annoying, it gets really awkward to try to sort this, out everything. This is the thing, right, like, I'm, I'm not going to... St- we're not gonna really talk about that because I've like gone a whole rant as clucks or nose. It's as simple as this: amateur orcs on the scene are just fucking atrocious. They 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 don't pay. They expect the world for paying. You know, I've went over everything multiple times because, like I said to you, Bailey, off stream, we've done our own podcast, right? Like amateur orcs don't understand media. They don't understand production. They don't understand that you splitting your time affects the end project because you're planning for their project. Oh. It's as simple as that. Yeah, or, or orgs in this scene need to, in the amateur scene especially, need to just grow the fuck up. That's, I've said it time and time again, and I say it to them. I've tweeted about it. I've tweeted about it. I've had offers to do videos for 10, 10 euro a video. 10 euros. It doesn't even pay my, my subscription fee that to ma- Adobe. That may that may um, get you a bottle of water at a land event if you're lucky. Man, like, it's, it's, honestly, it's not even, not even, not even. <laughs> like it's, it's, oh, it's expensive. It's like two pound, it's like two pound fifty in CDL London, which it's just that so wasn't bad. Yeah, just CDL give, London isn't bad, but the food no, there is really, really bad for you. It's a trophy. Just give you the heads up because all three of us work for Obtained, so like an organization. In case anyone is listening, um, one of the organizations that we all work in or have mutual confirmation in or connections i should say uh have just been uh put through to the grand finals wait really are they in grand finals mm-hmm. let's go big up obtained mm-hmm. i'm happy about that they're always they're always fighting for top 10 and i'm quite happy there yeah i know they're they guaranteed they money they just played uh davy so x war oh, X, oh wow be, that's okay. uh but but i i want to go back to the little thing about like people asking if you have multiple clients because uh as a photographer i can't just work with one client uh and i always explain to them like you're taking a certain amount of photos off of me like we've made a deal up front if you want extra photos that's going to cost you double the money that you already paid for um but i always explain that uh whatever happens i'll be able to get those photos for you um that was a bit rough in paris by the way because make you know how many clients i had at the end of paris i had about six seven or eight 
Yeah. Like that. I was working way too many clients at the same time, but um, I managed to get it done. And that's the whole thing with photography, videography at events. You have to be really, really good at time management. Um, yeah. And most of us, most of us aren't because we're creatives and we're not meant to be planning out stuff and everything. Like that's not, that's not made for us. So most of the time we just wing it. Um, but when you've done like multiple events, you get some sort of rhythm and you know how many clients you can take on. Yeah. Like I know that like six or seven is my, is my max on the amount of clients that I can take on even at, uh, at events itself, because I went to Paris with two or three clients. Uh, which was obtained elitist and team war, I believe. Something like that. Um, when I was there, Paris Legion came to me. So basically the or- organizers of the event, um, they came to me. I had singular. No, I didn't have Singularity back then. I didn't work for them yet. I had Kawana, um, Tech 10, yeah. multiple, multiple orgs. Um, they all came to me, and I was like, okay, I'll do it as soon as I have time. Please don't lose, because then I won't have time. Oh, <laughs> that course, was, yeah. like, the whole point. Um, and on the, the, the funny thing about Paris was it was just me and Mick. We yeah. were the only media people around there. Oh Literally, the two of us. And then Mick left early on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I was the only one around. Um, so basically, I was the only one running around with a camera except for some orgs org owners that didn't know what they were doing yeah um, just the girlfriends or like the girlfriends of some of the players yeah and i'm sorry adlay but i'm better at photography than you the owner of singularity just saying uh <laughs> but yeah he knows he knows he knows <laughs> i've told him plenty of times but yeah it was really hard for me because i i was on a championship uh championship sunday and during like the semi-finals something like that every single organization that still had to play came to me and they were like okay we've ca- we've come this far i need you to take photos of my team i was like okay but i need to see money first first yeah. thing i need is money in my bank account otherwise i'm not gonna start just it's really nice to be the only one around and being able to tell them like okay this is going to cost you that much money and i need it in my bank account now because otherwise it will be too late Mm -hmm. that was like from money wise it was the best event ever the rest was totally shit everything there was absolutely awful you couldn't even get food you had to order Uber Eats. Um, oh, and a funny fact about Paris is if you ordered an Uber and they noticed that you didn't speak French fluently, they would just cancel the Uber. Really? I've had that 10 times in two days. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, I've got my own opinions about France, but I'll keep them to myself. But yeah, that's fair enough. Um, well, seven, it's kind of insane that you can handle six or seven clients per event i'm not sure if that would be possible as a videographer that's um no 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 no. it's it's two completely different worlds of that i agree i mean i've switched i um, wouldn't say switch yeah basically switched from photography to videography but yeah they are definitely two different worlds Uh, um i think i had oh yes i 
another question. So I'm going to ask both of you, so you both can answer this separately. I'll ask Clark's first. Um, yeah. So, have you got an inspiration? Has anyone inspired you to do what you do today? Ladies first, Mick. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> okay, Nick. Though. I can literally bench press you, but okay. Um, <laughs> do I have inspirations? Yeah. I, I. If anyone says like that, they don't have inspirations in anything. I like they're just lying. Let's be real. For me, like obviously, I come from a filmmaking background anyway. Before esports, like uh, esports was just where I excelled myself. Um, but like, like photography is just a frame, right? Like it's a single frame of a video if you really look at it. Like, uh, so inspirations for me, like I have a, such a long list. I have Mind of Reggie, the videographer for Ghost Gaming, uh, or he built the brand in Chris Bett, you know, Joe Brady, Film Charles. Like, like I feel like my inspiration list is pretty much any other creative in the industry because everyone has their own style or they have their own approaches and inspiration is taking their approaches and building it into your own style. So, uh, like for me, like film Charles, I've said it multiple times, uh, Reese Rasmussen, fantastic videographer, mind of Reggie are probably the three videographers, um, that I would look at the most or I'd go to, or, uh, Patrick Bruder who did the Cavs Legion, um, the Cavaliers, you know, the videographer for a while, uh, his editing style was so different from like the traditional sports and traditional uh, esports that like I just grew to love him uh, as as an editor. Um, so I'd say they're my main things, but in in general, I'd say pretty much any creative, even graphic designers inspire me on a daily basis. Like uh, Dewey DT, as most of you know. Uh, yeah people outside wouldn't but he's just a graphic designer that i had the privilege of working with for um pretty much half a year uh seeing how they adapt stylistics into teams and branding and being able to use it in your own work you know it, like like you can get inspired off anything as a creative um you know and anyone can get inspired that's the, that's the thing so i'd say like like the whole creative industry is, is my inspiration so yeah, okay. Um, what's your take on it, Clarks? Have you got any inspiration, whether that's now or who inspired you as such to pick up that camera originally? Was there, was there a story behind that? Um. Uh, well, first of all, no. Um. <laughs> it's it sounds really weird, but I it all started off as a school project for me. Like oh, I had okay. to set up my own business, and um, I went for, with photography, and then combined it with gaming and then i started looking clo closer and closer and then i found out about joe brady like everyone who is into esports photography knows joe brady so oh, he his way of acting at an event and just being him like that inspires me um but behind the scenes i'm gonna name one name and the person is here I make um but behind the scenes like the workflow and and like the courage to pull through even though you basically have to sleep i mean he's awake now and he has been awake for 67 hours or whatever absolutely insane um yeah just that inspires me like someone who's able to work um even though he doesn't have the time for it doesn't want to whatever <clears throat> like being able to pull through whatever happens that inspires me and i i mean i do it myself when i've been to an event as well like i 
barely sleep and I just keep going until everything's done. But Mick has been doing this all year long, literally editing all night long and, and doing everything. That really inspires me about Mick. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I that's think... why I'm proud to call him my duo. <laughs> Definitely the best EU duo, 100%. He um, just took a better photo of the same player than me, and I knew. Well, like, <laughs> that's how we met. That's how we met. In a better photo than me, then I want him to work with me. <laughs> I, I know which player it is. Do you still remember? Uh, it was Ban. 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 Yeah, yeah, it was Ban. I don't know how to pronounce it. I was like, after that photo, I was like, well, it's better uh, to have him on my side than against me. So I, I still have the photo. <laughs> the same. Oh. It's still in my portfolio as well. <laughs> Oh, actually, I just thought of a question. Just, just thought of a question top of my head. I'm pretty sure me and Mick discussed this in our our episode. Um, more geared towards you, um, Clarkson, as well. Um, how important do you think expensive camera gear is in the? Let's just let's keep to the esport industry at the moment as a creative, as a photographer. In the esports industry, it's more important than at a festival or anything, um, because. You're working with low lighting, and if you have a camera that can't handle low light, um, then you can just write it off. Like you can't ask money for that. Okay. Uh, so I think that's really, really important in the esports industry. But in photography in general, I don't think it's that important to have expensive gear. I think the I I, I also personally think it's. You knowing your camera to the best fitability, you using your camera. Oh yeah, to the best definitely, fitability. definitely. But Can you, um, funny enough, it definitely oh, helps with having like a full frame camera, which I have, um, and having a camera that is capable of of like brightening up a photo without losing too many pixels. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, especially um, for photography. Yeah, like, I mean, I blame you. For, I, I have to blame you, Cluxer, for um, making me spend eighteen hundred pounds on my new camera because when excuse I, me. Yeah, I told you to never go with Canon. No, no, I already had Canon. That's the point. And then I saw your A7 Mark II, I think it was. And a month later, I now have a Mark III. And I love it. And then you're blaming me? You've got a better camera than me. Oh, no, oh, no <laughs> um, I'm blaming you because my bank account wasn't very healthy after that. That's why I'm blaming you. But at the I same mean, time... You shouldn't have bought it during COVID. No, uh, that was a horrible idea. I admit, I didn't need I, it, but I'm I'm literally waiting to buy stuff until I can work again. Yeah, that's literally yeah. how I do it. I have the money to buy a, a new lens, a new camera, and everything, but I'm I really a... don't want to until I can make my money back. That yeah, I'm, I'm. It's just a guarantee. Like it's like I probably have the worst camera out of all three of like out of all of you here, but that's it's 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 that it's exactly that. It's like like when is events coming back it's so questionable no one knows that, yeah, you, you can buy a camera right now but it's going to be collect collecting dust like oh, i agree there's no need yeah, for it I've used my camera of twice. course you can use it but not for the purpose you bought it for yeah and the thing with using a camera is as soon as you get to an x amount of click uh, clicks on the camera it will die yeah, yeah. I mean, take, don't get me wrong. That takes a long time, but yeah, it, it does take a long time. But if you're doing time lapses or anything, or just going out in nature, or just going out every day with your camera, then it's gonna die re like way sooner, and it might even die before you're able to make your money back on it. 
Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I agree with you there, hundred percent. That's the only reason I didn't buy anything yet. Like, I'd love to have a new camera. I I really do. Do you still have the Mark II then? Yeah, A seven R Mark II. Oh yeah, R Mark II. Yeah, Yeah. I was very close to getting the R three, but I didn't see there's there wasn't too much of a need for it. Yeah, but you were gonna do a mix of of videography and photography, right? Yeah. So when I was buying my, uh, because I was looking for a new camera, and I had I had the money at the time. Long story short, I needed to buy it in that time frame, right? I was stuck between the GH5, which I'm pretty sure that is your camera, isn't it? That's mine, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was stuck between the A7 Mark III and the Eros R. Those were my three options. I was stuck for a long time between the three. I'm not going to lie to you, but then, yeah, I chose the A7 Mark III. I just think that's probably the all-around better option, I think. I, I love my GH5. But it's where's most of my money going to come from? Probably esports. Yeah, and what's that? GH5 is not low light. No, it's the only DSLR camera at that price range that does 4K 60. But yeah, and it does 10 bit color, which is unbelievable. Like most of my things, I don't even have to color correct because the color depth is so strong. Oh, but that takes Uh, away the fun. I love color grading. That's um. That's something I love. So I don't know if yeah, I can do I, like, I, I like color grading, but don't get me wrong. When I'm building a 10-minute documentary in Spanish and I have to translate <laughs> it all yeah. to English and the next event is already announced, it's like, well, okay, I'm a one person, you know, like I need to make shortcuts. Yeah, of course. Okay. But like, like, man, this this year really was the, the challenge of my life with that camera. Like in low light, like it was just pulling every trick i had to um i was using my phone torch you know to like buy lighting i was bouncing um like a silver jacket in minnesota i was using it to reflect light like i was using whatever i could like oh, yeah and it's just i could have like i did that fair enough or i could have just had a sony <laughs> like do, do you know what's funny i'm i'm just researching in in the meantime on on cameras and everything, my camera is still worth eighteen hundred bucks. Yours is worth as much as mine. I bought mine for one k or eleven hundred. How's it worth more? What uh, magic? I don't know. Uh, I think COVID did something to the price of cameras. What's the A seven Mark III? Because that will, I bought that for about seven. That's like twenty two hundred. Uh, no, two k. Exactly two. That's gone up. I, that's like three hundred quid more than well, yeah, yeah. euros. And you, and you can get a cash back, and you can pay I like eighteen hundred for it. So basically, your camera is, is just ex- uh, as expensive as mine. That's insane. It's, COVID. It's COVID the, yeah. the stocks have gone up. Of course they have because things are less, um, a lot harder to buy nowadays. Yeah. So when it comes to my questions, I don't have anything else written. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Talk about? I could well, talk for days. Yeah, well, I do have a question. Uh, how do you see the future in esports right now? Oh, um, I'll let Mick answer that because I know he's ready. No, 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 that's a question for you. That's me. You've been asking us questions. Been... Now oh, I'm asking true. you. Thank you. No, I, I think that's good. So the question was, where do I see the future of esports? <laughs> yeah. I think there's a mass. I think the future is looking bright still. To be fair, I mean, it's one of the few industries that have thrived still while COVID has been raging on, unfortunately, but it's the thing that we've been able to continue online. Um, and it's been going really well, obviously not for us creatives, unfortunately, because there's a lack of work at the moment. But I think a good example of something that has proven that 
you know, the esports scene is still up and kicking is XL. They just released a documentary on BBC Three. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yeah, it came um, out last night. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but it's just a good example of how even with COVID um, happening and destroying everything, the esports industry is still thriving and still trying to get into the mainstream. Um, that doesn't make the esports scene thrive, though. What do you mean? Like, if you really look into the figures, the esports scene is drowning. It's more than the music and the movie scene together. Yeah, but only marketing. Yeah. Like, only sponsorships, only re- ad revenue. It's it's actually just a pit of money loss, if you really look into it. I mean, the most profitable company is Liquid, 250 million profit. 250 yep. million for a company is just... And where are they from... Netherlands, Netherlands. <laughs> oh, like, you, you know what I mean like oh. 250 million is your most profitable business that's nothing that is nothing no but it's I also like a really really young thing so yeah so it'll either go two ways but it needs to collapse it does everything collapses esports is and after that it comes back way yeah. stronger yeah esports uh, so two things will happen it will turn completely franchised so you'll be like the nfl nba premier league uh, esports will have to go the same way because that way then they can put it on national tv Um it's a bit like hard to do live events of esports you know because time you know and a game can take longer or shorter Um so they'll need to figure a way to make it franchisable and then the second thing is amateur scene will need to die uh, yeah, I mean, AM orgs or whatever you want to. Yeah, I still never. Too many I still problems. Don't think they're good. They, I know. You, this you, is... have, you have players literally calling other players the N word, and they have no consequences. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to amateur orgs, you always see the same. It, this is what it used to be at least, because I used back way before I was a photographer, I was a graphic designer, not a very good one, but I was working for a lot of amateur orgs, and the same thing that would happen. An amateur org would found, you know, they would be on Twitter. They would hire about 20 content creators, streamers who got about one viewer, no personality, nothing that actually was brought to the organization. They And then you see them hiring quote unquote academy or academy teams and they don't get anywhere. It just stagnates from there, really. That's what I always see from amateur The problem is the amateur scene is majority run by idiots. Yep. They don't have business mindsets. They don't, no, don't. Yeah, they, they don't have a business background. Most most esport owners are probably your hands-on labor workers, right? Like construction or people who work hard. And fair play to them. They invest a lot of money in their own money, right? They take the, the risk. But if you, if you don't understand business, if you don't come from a business background, or you, you're not willing to take your time out to learn the business background, then you're just wasting your money. And that's what we see in the amateur scene. Look how many Look how many amateur orcs this year alone have shut. No, oh, and look at how many amateur orcs and tell me how many of them are paying salary. I don't. No, they don't. No. Maybe one percent. I've joined a few over the years. Just I won't name orcs, but I've I've joined a few and left quite quickly because they would just not want to pay. They couldn't afford it, which is for other reasons sometimes. But yeah, I, at the end of the day, an esports organization, as much as it's a team, it's a business. At the end of the day. I yeah, what, it's a business. What it is, it's a, a pit, but amateurs don't see it as a business. They see it all. They see it as an esport team, you know. Which fair enough. That's their pa- They they wanna they wanna create a team and do what they're passionate about. But they don't understand the logistics of the business side of it, and they shut down very quickly because of it. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, like I, I have no problem even calling out uh, orgs here, right? Like, like what's what's probably the most biggest brand or most reputable company in, in the UK, amateur wise? Probably Buzzkill, right? I'd say Buzzkill or Peak are the two yeah. kind of top dogs. I would take, I would put money that if I took, if I looked at their books, they wouldn't be spending over three hundred a month. No, I've, I've I have worked, I have worked with Buzzkill um, before, so yeah, I do. yeah. But yeah, they're, they're they're a great team. Nothing bad to say about them. But yeah, I know what you mean by that. Um, right, like like, and that's not a dig at them. That's just no, genuinely that's how little money there is. That one of the top brands in UK still can't pay live like near live. Not even it's not even a near a livable salary. No, yep. not even close. No, of course not. I mean. I mean, a lot of uh, UK teams have had to. Uh, a lot of UK teams, the big, bigger ones at least. When I'm talking about Excel, you've got what uh, endpoint stuff like that. They have to. You have to partnership as well. I'm talking, not partnership. Not, yeah. Might not be. The, might not be the right word, but you know what I mean. For example, endpoint. There was uh, CEX, you know, or Sex, yeah. whatever. However you want to pronounce that. Um, Excel. We've got BT. You know, unfortunately, a lot of UK orgs don't. All, they they don't eat. They're not very good at sponsorships. I've noticed that. That's probably one of the uh, weak points. Well, it's not even that they're not good at sponsorships. It's just there's no reason to sponsor them. XL's the only UK org, like, okay, you have Fnatic and G, like, uh, but XL's the only kind of UK, UK org yeah. that has a LCS spot. Yeah. LEC, yeah. Cloud9. Cloud9 aren't. Uh, they're not UK. UK. Uh, Fnatic. The- Okay. For now, yeah. the so they, have, they have the headquarters, but like you know, they're still American. But they're they're sponsored yeah, yeah. by, right? Like, uh, and then you have Endpoint, who's the only CS:GO team that's like top thirty in the world, or yeah. well, they got into the top thirty, right? Like in the UK, and they've also got and, a and top ten all their, team. That, and they like now both their teams aren't even UK players. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I mean, so, I, yeah. What does that tell you about the UK scene? Is no, I know you mean it is. A lot of oh. UK they would they always look for four. It's a bit like I know it's very similar to the League of Legends in America, for example. They do this. They, they're very similar. They're based in NA, but about seventy five percent of their players aren't American because yeah, they're just yeah, not that's good enough. The they're not good enough. NHL and everything. Yeah. Because that's sports. It's literally the same. That's sports. Like, this is the thing, right? Like, this is why people, when everyone comes to me and they ask, should I stay in school? I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to drop out of my uni. I'm going to focus on streaming. I'm going to focus on being a competitive player. It's like, you are one person taking on at least four million other people with the so same stay dream. in school, kids. So stay the fuck in school because I, I don't, I don't want to be One the last question, by the way. Uh, just Go. just wondering when do you guys think events are coming back well they're already coming back uh not over here because i won't get facts no, until like september esl katowitz is going ahead and that's in february so oh, what they're katowitz, doing yeah. is so what they're doing is they're making all the events offline um yeah. but no crowds and they have to do that, right? Like Counter Strike relies on Counter Strike isn't like oh best teams of Europe versus best teams. Counter Strike is best NA, best Oceanic, best Europe. Like everyone yeah. wants to see that. So they League is the same, Dota's the same. So they have to just buy a big house in Poland or like whatever, you know, rent it out mm. for a month um until all the teams compete on LAN. 
So they're already coming back. But when are we going to see our kind of offense come back? Oh, I don't reckon no earlier in September. No, uh, I think it's going to be either October, November, December, yeah. or next year. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's my first guess. Because um, be I, I think the, the Netherlands was the last country in Europe to start like vaccinating or whatever it's called. I start using the vaccine. Uh, um, and so we are probably going to be the slowest as well. And we're scheduled to finish that in October or yeah. late September. We're scheduled for Easter in UK at least. We're scheduled for Easter to actually be not rid of the, the COVID, but everyone to have been vaccinated properly. Which who knows that's going to happen? Let's that's, be honest here. That's pretty early, to be fair. It, yeah, but who knows? I, mean, the, I know the Queen. The Queen just got vaccinated yesterday, I think. Yeah, but that's still pretty pretty early. No, oh, yeah, I'm not complaining, but. I won't be getting anything till September, so... Meh. Oh, I'll be getting it. I won't, but the second our vaccine comes to me, I'm getting it. Yeah. Oh, without Same. a doubt. Yeah, if yeah. that, if that makes a difference between going to events or not, yeah, if that, if that means even I, if it doesn't make a difference, I, I just want to do it. If that means I can put something on my like, passport or whatever to say I'm vaccinated, like, like, uh, um, I'll take whatever I need to, because realistic aspect is you do your finances and freelance and yep. you know <laughs> it's it going to give you advantages if you get vaccinated early yeah. 100% but in the UK I don't know if it's working the same over in Netherlands but no probably you've not got, you've got a pecking order no it's not pecking order but so the first people to be vaccinated are very old people and then it goes from vulnerable people oh. at, like, yeah, they, okay. yeah that's how it works and I it's won't get I won't the last one of the last people to get vaccinated. So basically, is, we yeah. got um, what is it like? Uh, healthcare people first. Yeah. Um, after that, we got like elderly that are in a bad condition. Then yeah, we've got so actual elderly that are still quite healthy. Uh, then we've got people from like forty to sixty, something like that. Yeah, uh, and. And at the same time, vulnerable people from 40 to 60. And then we've got possibly 18 to 40, something like that. <laughs> and children are just going to be, well, left alone, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much how it's, it's exactly the same here. And that's yeah. pretty much it. I just can't think of the all on top of my head. But yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I might actually get lucky because I'm working in like um, an essential category of, of work right now. Because I'm delivering groceries to people, um, which makes it like an essential job because people need food. Um, So it would be great if we get the vaccine earlier on as well, but definitely not going to happen. I I can say like, we're going to be waiting. We're going to be waiting a good few months. I'm still going to California in May, (laughs) whether they like it or not, I'm gone. California, what are you going to California for? Secret. Oh, secret, okay. Certain well, organization. I won't be asking, not until after. So, uh, where's my plane ticket, Mick? Uh, don't know, you can ask them. You know, they're friends with Okay, them. I'll do it. I feel like I feel it. left out of the loop, but you know, there you go. Yeah, same, because I'm just going to guess. Uh, but, yeah. I, think uh, I, I, I just bullied them into buying it. <laughs> Nick G the bully, nice. 
I want to go to Cali. I would love to go to America, honestly. I wouldn't want to go there right now. <laughs> Not right now. No, 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 no. But just in general, I'd love to visit somewhere like California or something. Yeah. I'm working at an event. I've not worked internationally before. Uh, I've only worked in the UK, which the UK yeah. LAN events are fun, um, very bad. But at the same time, you're still very young in the scene. Oh, of course, I'm only 18. So I'm still very young in the scene as well. How old are you, Clark, sir? 21. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah still young. I mean, no, I'm not, like I'm not really known in the scene yet. Like, of course, people know me within Europe, within the COD scene, but apart from that, like any other scenes, Same. they barely know me. And that's something I really have to look into in the next few years. Um, yeah, of course, to get known by other people because I don't just want to work at COD events. That's not going to pay my bills in the end. I want to be able to work at both festivals and esports events, and also go to like CSGO events, uh, Halo, whatever it's called, any Le- game. League of Legends is, League of Legends is popping when it comes to events. Yeah, but that bores me. Uh, but the atmosphere is, uh, I would uh, it is, but it still bores me. I will, um, I will gladly say that if I work at League of Legends event, I'll put my camera down and gladly walk away from eSports Happy. Oh, that that's it is the goal. That is where the biggest organizations in the entirety of esports are. Where it is the it is the definition of esports is league. Yep, but so, you're not gonna walk away, and we both know that because I'll be dragging you back because I, I can't be alone. Oh, I love I love league. That is that's my game. That that'd be my dream. I mean, don't oh I don't like, but don't get me wrong. If I got if they said, oh, do you wanna, uh, uh, what's the what's the world tournament called in Dota again? Uh, Ti, Ti, that's it. They say, "Oh, you know, do you want to work at Ti?" I'm like, wouldn't even think twice about it. You know, that's not um... for me. It's, it's the the documentary. If I got to make a documentary with a League of Legends team, whether it was just to help, like someone like Trials or not, I would gladly. If someone and then I had to walk away from esports, I would gladly put my camera down and be like, "I did it. I have gotten to the stage of esports where I worked the big boy." Of course, yeah, that would be ama- that would be amazing. Then again, like Cluxer said, <laughs> I'll probably not be gone from esports anytime soon, unless it gets really bad, which is obviously yeah. Still not gonna I mean, happen. I'm not planning on. I'm not planning. I, I'm not planning on actually going back into esports. I don't think. I don't think I might even going into back into esports after COVID. I, I think I'm probably leaving esports. I've been thinking about it for a while now. You know? uh, for me, it's just I had a lot of offers before COVID. So it's seeing if them offers will come back after COVID. I had a lot well, of the events. thing with me and Mick is like, even if he decides to quit esports, I'm gonna drag him into festivals. So yeah, but I'm okay. we'll be good either way. Yeah, <laughs> like that's gonna that's gonna be something that we we will be doing together. Like we know we're the duo. Just no, of course, easy yeah, as that. Like yeah. we won't just go apart. Like we're not gonna drift apart and then be like, oh yeah, I remember Mick from thirty years ago. Where is he now? <laughs> <laughs> now you two always work together, esports or not. I think you two have been an amazing duo, even if even if we're talking about normal, you know, not including esports, whether that's I don't know, films or whatever, you two would be great, you know. Yeah, we've even been t- been talking about living together and everything like a few months ago uh, a few months ago. Yeah. The thing is we just can't decide on which country. And COVID makes it really hard. Uh yeah. <laughs> COVID makes it impossible. Well, that's all we've got time for today. But thank you very much for joining me, Clarks, and thank you very much for joining me, Mick. Of course. It was a pleasure. Always is.
yeah thank you very much so thank you very much for listening people and we'll back maybe tomorrow or day after the next episode